Hey mom, thanks for listening to my podcast. Uh, this week's guest was actually a guest at the Airbnb who had his kid there with him, and we just started talking about, you know, fatherhood and etc. And he said he wanted to be on the show. So uh, I hope you enjoy his perspective. Uh, I know I was able to relate to a lot of it, especially with my past life. Um, you know, a guy who's working his way out of it right now. So uh, thanks for listening, ma'am. Don't forget, this show is sponsored by Ben Verbeek for Mayor, for Mayor, for Granville. No. Uh, okay. So, anyway, Brian, uh, just quick introducing us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm Brian. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> this is my boss, Brian. Hey, boss, Brian. Uh, <laughs> and then this is George. He's And that's how you pronounce it, right, George? Oh, uh, Jorge. Oh, is it Jorge? Because I thought you said George. I, I you know what? That's the funny thing is I... Depending on the person, I'll say George or I'll say Jorge, but oh. you can say both. I mean, Jorge or George, same name. What but if you combine them? Horge. Horge. Well, Carolyn has <laughs> a co- Carolyn's got a coworker <laughs> yeah. who's who uses a different name when he's ordering food mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's a lot easier to yeah. understand. I do the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> how, do you, how do you decide? Yeah. How do you decide when you're going to say Jorge or George? Uh, either Hispanic or non-Hispanic. Usually oh, oh, so that's why you said George to him? Probably. Me- yeah. Remember we learned about whitewashing with Brent? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we had, our first guest was uh, a black guy, and he was talking mm-hmm. about whitewashing. Yeah. And it's like you're using a different name because it's easier. Was that how he was pronounced, talking about it? or was it? He doesn't use the word whitewashing. What does he use? What did he say? It's... I'm going to have to re-listen to it. It was a powerful podcast. Like yeah. He was, I thought, brought like a lot of interesting perspective. Um, yeah, so I'll def- check that one out for sure. Well... It doesn't sound the best. <laughs> so definitely <laughs> listen to this one. Yeah. But uh, anyway, why don't you tell me uh, how we met, how okay. we got together, and what you're doing uh, in town. Right on, right on. This is it. Did you do the background noise with the silence? Oh, no, yeah, yeah. Thank yeah. you, Carolyn. Yeah, see. <laughs> this is how you know. We can still do the background noise. This would be in the beginning. Oh. I could just, as long as it's that 30-second period, it's easy to cut out. All right, ready, set, go. Okay, not 30 seconds. Maybe like 10 seconds is good enough, as long as I can find that spot. So, Jorge, why don't you tell me what you're doing here? <laughs> okay, what I'm doing in my hometown, staying at Matt and Caroline's Airbnb. Uh, so I was in Florida for the last like, month and a half doing some what we call like soul-searching. Uh, I was calling it an- uh, ancestral trauma healing of the DNA cycle of my dad's side of the family, if you will. I just want to stop you right there. <laughs> wow, that's a lot of words. I yeah. wish I had known that when you first got here. We could have had a far more interesting night the last two nights. Yeah. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. So um, I came back in town. My, my mom lives in LaPorte, Indiana, which is two hours south. And so I convened there, and I wanted to come in town to see my son because I hadn't seen him in, since Labor Day. Uh, and spent some time, and I needed a place to stay. And I didn't really want to uh, rely on family or friends to, to have a place to stay because I just experienced a whole month and a half of that in Florida. It, it didn't end the, the most harmonious, if you will. Um, so I just was in this, this zone of, like, man, just be super independent when I get town. Ran in the car, got there. So I was just being temporary for everything. But, you know, I just wanted to spend that time with my son. So mm-hmm. you can survive that, that place and um, that room. 
and I was able to. So it's real thankful for that. And yeah, we're yeah, happy to have you up here for sure. You know. <laughs> well, it makes a lot of sense to me that you'd want to have that little space to call your own, even if it's not a whole house or whatever. You do yeah. feel like a certain sense of comfort knowing that like you're not imposing on anybody you know and it's really is your space to use Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. that's the whole uh, mindset of coming here was like i just didn't want to bother nobody and i want to just yeah be real just i guess what i call independent whose phone is that that's mine that's all right (laughs) so you were doing you're in florida doing some soul searching and you said you hadn't seen your son since labor day what's your what's your visitation with him like right now so it's all dependent on me, really, because, um, so I got to get the whole timeline right, because uh, February 1st happened, I was in town, I was doing the every other weekend uh, visitation schedule, because I didn't have a car, I, lo- I would say lost my car, but my car got repossessed October of last year, and so I was, I, I'm trying to think like how I can, you know, yeah. combine this whole timeline and get you guys the whole scoop. So give me a second here. It's no problem. Figure, <laughs> figure this out because my a lot of my story is dependent on this whole situation where the mother of my child put put me on child support. Yeah. In March of 2019, or filed for child support 2019, and before that we had this schedule where I had him from seven to seven. That's a.m. to p.m. And she had him 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. overnight, you know, and I would take him to school and I was doing Uber and Lyft and shipped and just a bunch of gig economy stuff for uh, up until that time. And I was living not too far down the street with, you know, four other guy friends. And yeah, it was it was it was a shocker to have that come upon me. So then the next what year and a half, things have just been so what I call in the flux um, that I'm trying to ground and, and get forward in michigan uh back because the situation most recently happened in february my mom got sick she's in uh laporte indiana she's taking care of my great grandma and i go and um i just leave everything i had i had this temp job i was working office job that i was bussing to and from and then, yeah every other weekend with my son at this room i was running out at a friend's house and then when this happened my mom i just just you know uh, just dropped everything and went straight to go take care of my great-grandma because while well, my mom was healing and, and getting better. And then a month and a half after that, obviously COVID just dropped, dropped on us. And so the school was closed and then me and his mom, mother were doing, like I would do a month and she would do a month and we did that pretty much all of COVID until school started just this Labor Day. But your child support never gets adjusted during that period. Nope. Yeah, this the and I I, I want I don't want to stop you, but no, no, no. when you were talking about initially being put on child support, mm-hmm. you said that you had the your kid every day from seven a.m. to seven p.m. Yep. and then she had the overnight. I assume it's because she worked during the day. Yep, she. And had, then your yep. your economy was based on working more at night. Mm-hmm. You know, so that makes sense. Yep. But when front of the court evaluates that. Yeah. You had them fifty percent of the time, yeah. but you have no overnights. Yeah. So all of a sudden, no credit. No yep. credit. If you don't have them overnights, you don't. It doesn't count. And the thing was, I had just switched that schedule over because of what you said. The whole, you know, my, I, I found out that you know I worked best at night. So and I made most money at night. So I was like, you know what? Let me just have him stay. You know, and I, he had his own room at his mom's. You know, he was obviously just sleeping in the bed with me in my room, at where I was living at. Um, but. Yeah, I found out that overnight calculation thing, and I was like, "Dang, that sucks." Cause we had we had a schedule where I had him, cause we we broke up in 2015, right? And I 
I have, all right, I got to tell you about my father's history before I can tell you about mine, like how I even knew about child support. So I was my dad's fourth child okay. with his third different mother. I'm close to that. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm very close to that. <laughs> it happened to my two little sisters. Carol and I yeah. have a baby. That's what I'm looking at. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. It's a big F. So, and, and he was the every other weekend dad, if you will. Um, and he was just he was just bombarded with child support from my old three older brothers and later my two younger sisters. So he just finished paying for my youngest sister uh, this this year, you know, this year. So he, he had a little party, a little child support. You know, <laughs> no more paying child support. I can't wait for that. <laughs> yeah, he's been paying for like 20 I'll be 65 when it happens, but I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, 50. We just had breakfast just earlier today. So Oh, nice. Yeah, we're really close. And that's why I'm just so grateful for him to be my father because even though he was yet yeah, every other every other weekend and he didn't really have that much money because obviously buried, know, in yeah, support. buried in child support uh, ever since the 80s or 90s or whatnot and um and but he's still here to this day you know and still willing to you know what I'm saying take me out to breakfast and talk and I was just with a bunch of his family members his mom and his brother and his uncles you know in Florida so you know, I'm very appreciative. When I was younger, yeah, maybe I had a little resentment because, you know, every child, I guess, wants to have their mom and dad together yeah. in, a, in a sense, you know. So I had that working. But, you know, as I got older, you mature and stuff. So I always knew about child support because my dad always told me about right. child support. <laughs> yeah. And so when, as soon as uh, the mother of my child and me were breaking up or on the verge of breaking up, I was like, it's got to be 50-50. Like, there's no way I'm paying child support. I'm not going to be my father's son. <laughs> yeah. that aspect. So I think I just planted this my subconscious mind or something about child support because as soon as it came out, I just I just went berserker with just like trying to figure out how to yeah do all this you know because where I was at it was fifty fifty I had Tuesday Thursday overnight and then every other weekend every other Friday Saturday Sunday she had Monday Wednesday and we ran that un- until I changed it to that seven p.m. seven eight or the seven to seven p.m. to a.m. a.m. to p.m. Uh, type of schedule uh, because I changed that. Uh, and then I was Uber driving and Lyft driving. And I had this situation that happened that kind of kind of hurt me emotionally. I guess yeah. So. And when you're doing that Uber Lyft, you kind of you need to be really emotionally in check and really just put you know business. But I was just I was juggling too much with emotions and trying to you know run my own business. Yeah. And, and do all this other stuff you know out of my car, and it just didn't click. So I wasn't making as much money, and she wanted to do this like. Um, this allergy test for him it was like seven hundred dollars i just couldn't come up with 350 you know out of nowhere and she took offense to that uh and she had got a new boyfriend living with her i'm not trying to say this is what this is what caused it but yeah. just kind of out of no i wouldn't say out of nowhere because it was built up you know she's asking for money i'm like i don't have it and she was asking for me to pay some money to her even though i was having them 50 50 you know 7 a.m to 7 p.m and I was just like, that's ridiculous. You know, he's, you know, he's with me as much as he's with you. I don't understand this. But well, then she just, yeah, went straight to child support. I, I don't mean to cut you off, no, but you uh, could, you could, yeah. like, what is she, does she work? Yeah, yeah, she's a full time LPN. Uh, been at the job since we broke up. So her insurance is through work. Yeah, insurance is through work. Yeah, I had a job up until uh, late 2017 where I was, you know, I had him on my insurance and and everything was was gravy with that, and then. I just I couldn't hold the job anymore. Uh, 
I had what we'd call it what a spiritual awakening, if you will. <laughs> I just couldn't go back to the same the same job. What was your spiritual awakening like? Like, what, like I, I'm yeah, I'm very interested in that part right. of it because like I don't doubt that Carolyn and I have kind of gone through like a very similar type yeah. of transformation over COVID. I think a lot mm-hmm. of people are yeah. probably looking more within oh, on, yeah. on how to handle things and not just like how am I going to survive, but like. Mm-hmm when people lost their job a lot of people was like well what's my identity who am i if i'm not working i'm how do i contribute how do i find value in my day and it's a, a very hard thing for people to feel and even though i didn't get a ton of money from child support like i didn't have a lot left mm-hmm. i had a lot of value in working and i felt like i was contributing yeah. and then when that kind of went away it was like how do i redefine who i am like how do i find that what was that like for you for me it was it was difficult because i had worked in this job for four and a half years i went from the bottom you know all the way to where i was at uh very respected very well known in the company um i just I, you guys ever heard of electric forest oh yeah mm-hmm. so i went to electric forest spiritual <laughs> 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 awakening and well this was my second time the first time it was i call like the mild awakening you know yeah uh, i took the magic mushroom right and then um just saw some things right and then felt some things i got into meditation got into you know conscious consumption eating and whatnot and i think the 17 trip with my friends i think we went a little too far uh you know with the soul searching with yeah the, with the awakening that when i came back to reality if you will uh the job i have for four and a half years I just did not have the same look at life or my role. And I was just trying to do so much with the new profound yeah. energy circulation, you know, and, and feelings that I just couldn't ground it. So they had this. Makes complete sense <laughs> to me. It's something that I could feel like almost on a visceral level. Yeah. And I keep, we keep, keep telling Brian, you know, you got to yeah. try this. <laughs> it's It's going to, it's going to make you think about things a little differently. Yeah, no, 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 no. It, it, opens up your right side of your brain if you will and they kind of this podcast studio is a direct result of cracking that right side open (laughs) (laughs) but you need both right you need the left and the right i just i just could not mess with the left anymore the logic of holding a job down you know nine to five eight to five Monday through friday just wasn't where i was at you know uh with what i was feeling inside and so i had this opportunity where they offered severance pay and i had worked there for four and a half years so they were going to offer me four months of severance pay. And I kind of just, like, bullshit my way to get to that. Yeah. Like, I was taking, like, two-hour lunches. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I told them I was going to come at 6. I showed up at 7.30, you know, stuff like that. I was just doing yeah. a lot of stuff like that. Uh, that sounds like my job right now. Yeah. <laughs> Is that right? Bro? Basically. <laughs> it was two-hour lunch I'm taking today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, um, and so I just, you know, and I, I thought, okay, well, after I lose my job, I'm still getting paid. I'll find another job real quick, and I'll you know I'll collect that severance pay, and I'll invest it in a business, and I'll do all this stuff. You know, yeah, I, I had it all thought out, but I just didn't have it all. You know, you weren't able to manifest it exactly. in the way that you wanted to. Exactly, because I just was I was too shook. Is what yeah, I was, I was just whatever like called me, I was there. It was like uh-huh. <laughs> you know I didn't have discernment. That's why I didn't. Did you have. feel like you were chasing that a little bit afterwards, where you're like? I had this awakening and this thought, and then maybe that unlocks something for you. But it's like, almost feels like it starts on a level at 10, and then it's at, you know, 9 and 8. And the next thing you know, you're kind of like, I don't want to say plateauing, mm-hmm. but you're like, man, I, I, used, I was having these thoughts, these prophetic things. How do I get back to that? Yeah. 
Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. No doubt. It makes you run away from what you have because you're like, if you're not getting it now, what around me can I change to get that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That just connected a lot of what I was feeling in 2017. So thank you for that, man. Yeah. That's yeah. Definitely what it was like. Uh, and you know, in hindsight, maybe I should have just kept a job until I you know, figured some things out. Um, but you know, we're here now. Uh, what I did was I went the gig economy route, and like I said, I was doing that. And then I moved into the house with my friends in 2018. And then like a month into that, I had this traumatic event that just took me out emotionally and, and just I could not uh, get back mentally to just grind, you know, just grind. Because I was always a grinder. Like I always, I could hold a job. I could, you know what I'm saying, whatever you need to be doing. Like I used to kill turkeys at uh, Michigan Turkey Producers. You yeah. Know, up until that job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about grabbing by their feet and putting them in shackles and then cutting their neck. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. So terrible. I got this whole long-term plan to start this little ranch. Yeah. And it's going to need a butcher. Yeah. <laughs> So that's, we're trying to figure out, like, all right, like, if you have 20 people there, like, how many chickens do you need per person to have? And a cow, it takes you two years for it to be ready to be butchered, so you have to, like, all right, well, you know. I'm glad we know a guy that knows how to cut a turkey. It's going to be an integral part. Just a neck. I just know how to, you know, have him bleed him out. After that, you got to talk to some of the guys. Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, we'll have to. They call it the Evis department where they took all all the guts out and all that stuff. Feathering, defeathering, you know. Stuff. We'll have to. Well, but at least we know someone who can find a guy like yeah, that. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Like you can set. Like, hey, I'll cut it up. You can show me some things as we go. Yeah. Bring in a butcher for now. For sure. For sure. So anyway, you were doing the gig economy. Yeah. And so, I can sense that you know the mother of my child maybe just didn't approve of my lifestyle because mm-hmm. where I was coming from, you know, the secure job, and she had to put him on the insurance, and then you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure I was texting her some crazy things, you know, when you. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, it's just like I'm you know, aware. Where you, it's like you get so deep in yourself, and you can f- kind of see that in others. But it's not your job to tell others that. But I had found it to like be my job to just tell other people the same stuff I was feeling for myself. But they were just not in the same, you know, what I'm saying realm of thought as I was, and I was connecting all these things from the past to the present. Yeah, seeing how I, I literally projected myself to where I was at and it just was all coming full circle and just I wouldn't say a lot of people but some people were just you know getting that side of me that I just couldn't I couldn't hold in you know I couldn't discern and figure out so a lot of that stuff was going on but you know I I got it together and I was I was you know afloat living day by day you know doing this this lifestyle with the gig economy until that child support came that that pre-court hearing right yeah and I'm like <laughs> I got this, yeah. you know, 50-50 this whole time, no worries, I got this, and then we go to the pre-court here, and I find out, because I, f- I thought we were going to do a custody thing first, I thought it was going to yeah. be custody first, right, so okay, we'll, we'll do custody, I'll tell this lady, you know, we've been doing 50-50 this whole time, I create the schedule, I got this, I come to find out that a- according to this uh, affidavit of, of parentage, that I signed over custody when my son was born, I had no idea, my son's six years old now, yep. And the whole time I've been doing fifty fifty, she had full custody. I did not know this. Like what? So the pre court hearing pretty much told me like there was no custody. We're going straight to you know what I'm saying the the hearing, and then we had the hearing. They used my income from that previous job, yeah, mm-hmm. where I was making forty five thousand a year, you know. And I'm trying to tell them like, no, I don't make that much now. I'm doing the live. I'm you know the Uber the ship. Yeah, I can't make that similar. Like it doesn't matter. And then of course I try to tell them about the overnight stuff. And like it doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> you have 
Every other weekend, okay, that's four overnights in a month. All right, she has 26. Boom, $800 a month. Just like that. $700. It was actually $700, but since I was behind it, now it's like $800. It's a, a rent payment. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's a lot of payments. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a lot of things, right? Just like that. And I'm having my son every single day, full time. Like, I see him every single day. You know, I take him to school. I pick him up from school. Um, and so I wouldn't say all she has to do is just, like, I just drop him off. You know, he's already eat dinner with me. That's just, like, school work's bath. done. Yeah, school right. done. Right, so you're, you know, you're making his meals, paying for his meals, spending time with him, just as much time. You're getting nothing for it. And then you, yeah, you got to fork over a house payment a month. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I so, feel you. Yeah, so this was the summer of, of you know, 20, uh, 2019. And I just, I, I left up a uh, house I was living in uh, with my my friends. I went to go live with my mom for a couple weeks. And I was like, oh, you know what? I'll go do truck driving to, you know, just to find a niche to, to, you know, uh, pay this money. You know, and I was just thinking about the money. I wasn't thinking about anything else. Like, I just need to pay this money and just get a situation where I'm just paying this money. And... It just took me in this 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 roller coaster where I went to Detroit to go to the truck driver training. I only did it for two weeks, and I just I just flaked on it, backed out, came back here. I was living on my car, doing Uber and Lyft on my car. I was like, I'll just do it this way, until my phone got cut off because I didn't pay the phone bill, and then I couldn't do the. That was September 9th, two thousand nineteen. So then I couldn't do Uber and Lyft, so I had to go get a job. I went and worked at this little uh, third shift job for a couple of weeks. And so I got enough money to get a phone, and I went back on my bullshit. Right, you're hustling backwards. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, okay, I'll just do this again. And so, but once uh, you get in that hole, man, you can't. It's like, ugh, it's impossible to get out. Mm-hmm. No one, and no one does anything to help you. Yeah, I was just like, man, you I was know, just and then you get so focused on the money. It's like, how do I focus on being a dad? Like yeah. they don't even let you focus on being a dad. Mm-hmm. It's like all they want you to do is focus on how are you going to make that money. That's what dads are for, right? Right. We're ATMs. ATMs. <laughs> We're fucking ATMs. Nothing more than that. So the, they don't the, care if you're a dad. They just want to make sure you're cutting a check. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you can get so invested in making that child support payment, like you said, mm-hmm. that you're like, it kind of consumes your thought process and potentially gets in the way of you making money. Yeah. Because you're not like, I'm not just saying like dads can just flake on the child support and pursue passion projects and the court needs to accept that mm-hmm. like exactly. you know i am of the idea though that like once you have that number hanging over your head that you have to get to every month you might take a job that sets you back because you have to make that payment you know what i mean yeah. you might have to like as an example so when i lost my job at allstate i was probably making about 60 grand a year mm-hmm. Now I make about $14 an hour working with Brian. Mm-hmm. So the court could say, well, you still owe more money. So what should I have done? Not taking a job that was available to me during quarantine for an essential business mm-hmm. and made nothing and then just waited till I made enough money to make that payment. And the whole time, I'm more arrears. It's just stacking on top of mm-hmm. you. And it almost feels like this cloud. It and it's almost like... You know, the depression kitty. You know, there's got to be the child support cat. You know, it's, if, have you seen Big Mouth? I haven't. Oh, it's a Netflix. It's the funniest show there is. Yeah, so you got you got to see it. But they got one character called the depression kitty, you know? Yeah, okay. And that's what it feels like when you're... I mean, I only had this experience when I was on acid. Mm-hmm. And it was like this feeling. And it wasn't child support. It was more COVID. Yeah. Where I thought I was being covered in this blanket of just no optimism there's nothing on the horizon you're, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to get out of this yeah. you know and obviously you break through from that but there was like a legitimate problem where you're like 
you might be stifled in your ability to make money to make child support because there's this and it's jail and it's warrants and it's if you don't pay this you lose your license guess yeah. what then you can't make your money with uber it's, it's wild it's wild so how do you how do you get out of that oh i'm, I'm still in it no. oh yeah <laughs> that's, that's a, well how are you how are you working on getting out of it okay so i had I had got that job, like I said, I got the car, or I got the phone, and I got a car, or I was doing the Uber lift, I was getting working my way back up, and then the repo guy called. Yeah. I was like, oh, shoot, you know, now I have to give up this Uber lift. I had, I had given up to, you know, with the phone just a month previously, now I have to give it up with the car, and I was starting off from square zero. Do you, I, did you hear that too, right? Yeah. Is it just like a delivery truck? Yeah, it's not us. That noise is dumpster or something like that we yeah. can't do anything about it's it it's from the parking lot i can cut it out <laughs> sorry about that yeah we're just here's that buzzing noise we're gonna make sure yeah. it's not us yeah yeah, so you had just gone through you i paid my phone last month and it got shut off now yeah. my car got taken yeah yeah and so i just had and i was running out of room at my one of my friend's house i just moved in October because before that for three weeks I was living out this guy's like living room like he had sectioned off a part of his living room where I was just kind of like staying there for a few weeks and then every other weekend I would just take my son to my mom's house right two hours south and then you know that's how I spent my time with him and then just kind of just grind out my days I I did something similar when I first moved back to Grand Rapids I didn't have my own apartment so I didn't have I was staying on my buddy's couch yeah and I was on his couch for almost three or four weeks mm-hmm. before, when I got back to Grand Rapids. And when I had my kids, it was like I really wasn't using Airbnb because yeah. I couldn't have a bank account. Because if I had a bank account, that was getting garnished. Right. That was getting swiped. So it was entirely cash. So you're like, all right, I have to get a hotel. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, all right, well, I got, you know, I need, I got three kids for, you know, two nights. That's 300 bucks. You know, yeah. that's, you're, you're constantly needing to provide something and then it's you provide that one little experience for the weekend but it sets you back substantially yeah. so it's like oh you also get the hotel but because you're in a hotel you're eating out five times yeah. you know you're and it, it's this thing where you just how do you snap out of it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i just experienced that this weekend honestly <laughs> yeah yeah over eats you know come come through yeah you should yeah. just cooked at the house man i just got that <laughs> brand new fridge yesterday <laughs> the thing is I, for, I forgot my wallet at home oh ah. <laughs> So yeah, I, I didn't have my wallet. Yeah, I, I, it's and it's like I get that like you'd be uncomfortable asking, but like I would say this like for a, a million percent of our guests, if they're like, hey, do you have some noodles we could boil or whatever? We'd be like a hundred percent. We had so much extra food, and I know that you're not like comfortable asking for that right away. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, if you stay again, we got yeah, you, can, <laughs> you know, you can you can you can do that and save some money, and we got plenty of stuff, you know, sure. like I, I know. It seems like you had your kids, la- your son, last weekend. Oh uh, no! I, oh. I was in Florida this last month and a half. I just got back Halloween from. Oh, Florida. okay. I literally flew into Chicago uh, Halloween. Oh, gotcha. So yeah. So yeah, um, yeah, that's tough because you're like in this, not knowing what to do, and you mm-hmm. don't have like that support. Like it's it's tough to be able to provide that stability. Yeah. And it's a real shot to your ego as a man. Man. To think like. I'm doing all the things I can possibly do, and I feel that internally. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I feel like I'm having like this outward struggle where I'm not doing what I'm supposed to. Yeah. And the only, I mean, how do you how do you deal with that, or do you not have that problem? No, I I have had that problem. That's why the whole like just 
trust in the process and the whole spiritual awakening type of mindset um it really helped out with just like you know knowing that this too shall pass uh and i, I was just i was working you know i was i had a job i had got a job uh where i was busing to and from uh pretty much on michigan street yeah from you know 44th of buchanan so i was taking that trip it was like an hour trip every morning every night um, and I would just, you know, I would just, I had social media and just, you know, just consuming the right kind of positivity type of thing, mindsets. And then, like I said, February 1st hit and I had to just go from that whole situation where I was, you know, ran out of room, busing and to live with my mom. And then obviously COVID happened a month and a half after that. And so it was just like this warp of just like every other month, you know, having my son. And then I had my niece for quite a bit of time, too. She came up in May. And she was staying with me and my mom for a bit. So just playing that role and just you know, like just transmuting my feelings through creativity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just I, I like what, to, what creative things are you going through right now? I like to self-document. Mm-hmm. So if I ever have like this big emotional release I need to do, I will just put the phone on. I'll just talk to myself, if you will. Uh, and then with no intention of posting or anything like that. Um, but I'm trying to get active on Instagram mm-hmm. and do more posts on Instagram. I have this group that I'm part of. It's called Secret Energy. And, you know, shout out to the tribe, Secret Energy. <laughs> yeah, thanks for the plug. Yeah. <laughs> to, to the tribe. Yeah. It's, so, yeah. It's, it's led by this guy named Seven Bomar, who is like a metaphys- metaphys- metaphysical, like, just genius, really, with how to break down, like, occult science, uh, occult science or occult knowledge into, like, how it plays into internally and, you know, how it, you know, I guess more modern. Yeah, modern take, you know, how it can help us in real time. So that stuff has been helping me. Now I just joined that in August, but I've seen his stuff on his understanding and YouTube and stuff like that. That's his understanding or his YouTube channel is understanding. Uh, so uh, I can't wait to watch. Yeah, that. <laughs> like a hundred percent going to be on the on the on the TV yeah. today. Well, get ready to just you know he's gonna he's gonna take you real deep and real and real fast. So it, it's 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 been a blessing just to come across his work and I've known it since 2017 because one of my friends was part of uh, this group you know back in 2017 and I saw it change him so you know things have, things have, take their time have you thought about how that will impact you as a your role as a dad and it's like how you're trying to raise your kid Does oh it... yeah oh yeah for sure you know with some of the GMO foods and some of this other stuff that's going on you know with just um, you call that conscious consumption yeah I call conscious... it because you know they like to like, the conscious community likes to you know the vegan psyop is what we call it now. <laughs> you know Are you in that? Are you a vegan? I, I did do vegan, veganism for a little bit, um, but I'm more so transitioning to just like I eat meat just sparingly, and then I'll you know I'll do more vegetables. Because so. I was saying it's got to be expensive to Uber eat vegan. Yeah, that, is, <laughs> right. that can't be a cheap <laughs> vegan. I don't, I don't Uber eat too much. That was just you know, um, but more vegetarian. I'm more vegetarian than vegan, um, but I eat meat here and there. Um, these days so yeah it's just that and then you know just being his emotional support really knowing what he's going through as a young child you know a young mind and just giving him just what he needs to see. we had this relationship where it's just like he's just like my best friend like i don't know how else to put it like we just yeah just keep, i get that each other just man light-hearted and just man so much fun just joking around with him because he just gets my jokes and i get you know we it's just this relationship we have because it's been building. You know, he's almost eight now, so it's been building for this whole time. I th- I thought I was working on that with my son, and we had like a really weird Friday. Yeah, where he's just like, "Hey, Dad, you're a bad guy. Oh, you're do this," and it was like this 
weird two week like since I last saw him like this almost I don't want to say brainwashing because that feels like dramatic but that's kind of what it was mm-hmm. where like we have like a in our house we make it a priority to not badmouth the other person. Yes. We, yes. every time I drop them off and I'm saying, make sure you're listening to your mom and Andy, you mm-hmm. know, like I fucking loathe my ex-wife and her husband, yeah. but I always encouraging my kids to be like understanding that, that he still has the role of the household and they still need to be listening to that. I'm mm-hmm. not trying to like subvert their power. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's, I'm this, this, this. I And then his mom went through my Facebook and was showing him the negative things that she feels is negative about me. Mm. It's it's banana land. Yeah, that one's really <laughs> tough. I don't I saw that from that. Brian. Yeah. <laughs> you can see, you can you see how his face turned? He's like, motherfuckers stole banana land. <laughs> banana land. Banana. But that's what he feels like you're living in with, like, this ups and downs of, like, having to deal with this. And, like, when you're going through COVID, and you said you went from seeing your kid, like, every day at one point, and then mm-hmm. it's, like, weekends, and then it's, like, a month at a time. Mm-hmm. It's constant change for yeah. him. And how's he handled that? Like a champ, man. Like a true... My last name is Bochamp. So yeah. Or Beauchamp, but it has champ in it. Like a true champ, man. He's... He's anything I could ever ask for, honestly. He's just, man, he's just so strong, so smart, so, man, just jubilant, you know. Wait, is that the right word, jubilant? I like jubilant? it. Jubilant? Jubilant? Yeah, I don't know. I like jubilant. Yeah. <laughs> that all sounds good to me. He's just a bright light, man. He's just, it's just nothing but laughs and just, like, you know. It, it, I was crying last night, though, because he was like, am I coming here tomorrow, Dada? Like, are we going to do this tomorrow? I'm like, no, I got to go back to, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know we have, all, you know, all kindergarten. I used to pick you up every day. And we used to do mans. But you're, so but you're, but you told me yesterday that you're working back towards oh, that, yeah, right? Yeah, That's yeah. the goal, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. Is she working with you on that, or are you going through the court? Uh, what do you mean, like working on like? Like more time, right? You oh no, no, like it's up to me. Like she, she would do fifty-fifty. I mean, I'm not gonna say this, though, but I'll say this. Like she's willing to just give them to me whenever I want them, you know. As long as she has her time too, you know. What I'm right, saying? that's just, awesome. So yeah, I don't have no problem with custody because she knows. Like we, it was never a custody thing. It's oh, it's only about money. Yeah, it's only about money. And so like, because there's no question that I've been his father and I've been there, and I, he he knows who his father is. You know, he's got her boyfriend who lives with with them, and, and he likes him, and they have a good relationship. I know they play and have fun, and, and I'm appreciative of that. You know, and I'm I'm working my way to open myself to be more receptive to you know what i'm saying be part of their life and have you know a whole family together you know when that time comes um is it tomorrow no but you know in, in the future i'm sure it'll be one time when we all go to beach together you right i'll do something like that and that's what i'm looking forward to because my mom and my dad had always a good relationship you know growing up even though they were never together they were never really even together at all but you know they they did co-parenting really well. right i want that you know i want i want it co-parent with her on a deeper level where we're, you know, really looking at certain aspects and Mm -hmm. and things that, but, you know, it's going to take some time and I trust in that process. Do you feel like that process, like, I mean, for most of the time, things are going smooth, things are going well. If the money was there, there'd be never be an issue between the two of you. Oh, yeah. you know what I mean. 100%. So like, if I would have paid for the allergy test, you know, three fifty, I'm probably sure there never been child support. You know? Right, but. and then that's what it comes down to is like these small things that like spurn them. You know, mm-hmm. like my ex-wife is fueled by her hatred to me almost on a daily basis. Yeah. It feels like she's. 
like actively trying to like hurt my employment, hurt Carolyn's employment. She is invested in my failure as a person. And it's tough because sometimes when you do feel like that failure, you're like, this is the moment where I'm giving up. And I don't know how you were, but mm-hmm. I kind of went through like, I mean, the things that you went through and that I went through are so eerily similar. Yeah, no, like, it's crazy because, like, when I lost my license to practice, I had a hard time making money. So mm-hmm. I went from, like, a solid job, solid career, making good money to not yep. having to transition to that. And I had to go on the road traveling, selling cars to make money so that I could somehow get back to where I was. And it was, like, this huge into the crevasse moments you know living in your car because you're selling i was selling cars in another state Mm -hmm. and it was like well do i want to have hotel tonight or food for the next couple days and you're having to like constantly weigh these things like fuck it i'll sleep in my car yeah because i don't know if i'll have enough money to eat so and then you're like how am i going to get out of this as a dad Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and i actually even had my car repossessed You know, almost two and a half years ago. And the thing that worked out really well for me is, like, getting married to someone with an 800 credit score and a bunch of cash in the bank. And it really makes things a lot easier (laughs) to live your life when you have that. Like, you can pursue a passion project, you know, when you have, like, a partner that Uh will help encourage that, you Mm -hmm. know. And I've been lucky you know what i mean mm-hmm. like i've lucked out in that regard yeah. that someone was willing to take help take on the burden of someone who may contribute a lot to their life but not a lot to their financial status you know what i mean for i don't sure, for sure i don't yeah, i mean problems. yeah i mean we if it was just me i'd have to borrow thousands of dollars every single month to have the life that i do and yeah we don't you know we're part of the, the gig economy too i mean you yeah. obviously stated our airbnb right, for sure, yeah. that's a big part of my financial independence is how well carolyn does with that you know yes. we're able to do other things and focus on the job of being a parent yeah because of that and when the the money works itself out mm-hmm. and you're not encumbered by that you can you know feel growth but uh you know i'm definitely looking forward to you coming back up here anything that we can do to help facilitate that you know let us know i mean even if it's as simple as you know staying here and you're like hey do you have if we would let you stay here if you don't when we don't have bookings for little or no money you know we want to i know that i want to facilitate anything i can to help people out with that you know i want to help the community with strong fathers because you know i feel like with a lot of things that we see today we're almost felt like we don't matter Mm -hmm. kids don't need their dads and that's all that we're told Mm -hmm. is that we just don't matter and i want to try to do anything i can to help fix that problem in some small way you know brian and i were talking about it i think it it was yesterday or today I don't know. We're talking about like <laughs> wanting to help with child support and like the things that you could do to help change the system. Oh right, yeah. That overnight calculation, man. I got to be something different, man. Right. It's, well, like, the child support law came into act because it was a time in like 1913, where when the man left the house, the yeah. wife was destitute. Mm-hmm. You know, and it meant to make sure that the kids had like the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. And now it's turned into almost like this 
godly amount of money where it's like, like well they have to provide you know electricity for them and they need housing well mm. it's like well why does my ex-wife need a five-bedroom house that's worth four hundred thousand dollars and i'm in an apartment you know you're you're making people poor and, and brian was saying is is like well what were you saying about edward and by the time he gets old enough like by the time he's old enough to be out of the system and i can or i when i'm able to help make a change and do some good mm-hmm. I don't have skin in the game. My my kids are already out of you know. What am I gonna do? Like oh yeah, when we were talking about making changes to the system, right? So like by the time any of those changes go through, like is it gonna matter? Well, it will matter to me because it's important to me now. Yeah. But by, by that time, yeah, I won't have skin in the game more than likely. So am I gonna give up the fight? I don't know. Yeah. Right, and it's like one of those things where like you care about it when it's affecting you, mm-hmm. but like when it doesn't, it's like well, I got through it. It was tough, but I don't really care anymore. That's all about, like, you know, paying it forward to the next generation and the next, you know, other fathers. I mean, it's like your father. He probably feels, like, free. Like, oh, I can finally move on with my life. (laughs) Like, like I can start my life, and I'm, I don't know how old he is. I'm assuming he's in his 50s, maybe 60s. And it's like, you know, like, you're really pinned down for a long time and almost held back, right? Like, and the more you try to progress and go forward, the more they take away. And people don't get that. And, I mean, that's true. It's almost like, if you're... A middle income type of person you're almost the most worse off yeah right because like you're making a decent amount of money but they're taking most of it so you either need to be really rich and be able to afford all these payments and they mean nothing to you yeah or maybe maybe you needed to start from the bottom so your payments were really low in the first place and then you can get better but if you're caught in that middle ground like you got nothing yeah right and it's like and going back to this needing and to feed your your ego as a man Mm -hmm. i need to take care of this and it's almost like you feel you'll just never can you'll Mm -hmm. never and it's like this hit to your psyche where it's like i can see not that i can see but why a lot of dads just give up Mm -hmm. and run away I get it. Yeah. You know, I, I, i can't imagine not seeing my kid. Right. But I could imagine Always being in and out of jail for child support, mm-hmm. never having a driver's license, not being able to have a, a decent job because you don't have a license because you maybe never committed a crime, mm-hmm. but all you've done is now you're a felon because you couldn't pay child support. And it's like, how could you possibly muster up the energy to get out of that? And I, and I could see why they'd be like, you know, fuck it. I'm just going to move out to somewhere where I'm not going to get pulled back here for a warrant mm-hmm. and I'm just going to have a 1099 job. I'll have a girlfriend that lets me drive her car. You know, like that's yeah. like the reality for a lot of people. That's, that's and true. you know, I've I've only got more respect for you as the guy trying to climb out of that that spot right now. It, yeah. It's an uphill climb, but you know, you talk about like your um, that social network of the was it the fresh this conscious what is it secret energy secret, secret energy, energy right? Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, I tell a lot of guys that like I might not be able to identify to a group. Mm-hmm. You know, like. I'm not a Republican, Democrat, black, white. I don't feel like I'm part of any community on those types of things. But I feel like as single dads, like that's my tribe. Yeah. Like there isn't a like I feel like there's a struggle that a single dad goes through that him or you couldn't possibly understand. And it's like, oh, we've all been fucked. Man, super. And it just doesn't seem to get better because like Brian said, by the time it gets to that point. Where I'm able to make a difference, mm-hmm. I'm financially available to go and you know make phone calls or volunteer for a politician that cares about my issue. 
you know, it's time has passed. And like the and the guy that runs on the platform of child support reform is going to be anti-woman. He hates right. women. He's a misogynist. And it's almost like there's no room for us to improve. Yeah, I, I see that. That's very unfortunate. So what's what's the what's the next step for you to work on getting out you know moving towards that? What's the things that got to happen for you to facilitate that? Yeah, so I got a little window here, um, two week window. My mom's actually going to New Orleans uh, the 18th until the 9th of December. So in that time, I'll have her car and I'll have her place to myself. So I'm planning on coming down here. I still have ability to do shipped. Yeah. So I want to do that, uh, make some money, and find a, a little. Uh, probably stay with a relative or somebody you know yeah uh, where i don't have to pay and um and just f- figure out how i'm going to be permanently here yeah and then once i'm permanently here you know obviously work my way to get a car get the car um and then yeah just pick my son up you know i gotta get the schedule where i'm i want to get out of work before if i gotta get a job or something you know i just gotta it, it'll all come when it, when it comes yeah i'm not really too uh, focus on the exact details right now of how it's going to happen. Right. But I know what it takes. It's going to take me getting a stable, some stable income, uh, a place for us to stay, and then, you know, a, a, a car, a reliable transportation where I can pick them up and have them. And work towards, are you going to do the gig economy thing too? When you get, when you get, if you get fully into it, would yeah, you, would you mean, do that? I could, I could. I'm not sure if I'll go that route again because, I mean, you know, it, it's, it's a different trade off. You know, you do a lot of miles on your car. Uh, with the Uber and Lyft, yeah, but I'll I'll figure out a way because there's you know there's way there's ways I want to make money online as well too, yeah, you know so storage lockers, that's <laughs> <laughs> where and that's the thing is like one reason we do these things is like you have to hustle to live a life when you're a single dad because if you're just getting on your job you're working on twenty five cents for every dollar you make yeah, for real. and it's impossible to get ahead so Definitely. um. But George Jorge, I uh, it's appreciate. It's almost impossible to keep pace. Right. Yeah. Seriously, the months just go by, and it's I just know. like another seven hundred, another seven hundred. You know. Right. For you, it's another nineteen. Yeah, and it's like, it's bad. But anyway, I appreciate coming. I know you got to hit the road, mm-hmm. but uh, I appreciate you being on there. And I look forward to you being on again. You know, yeah, and yeah. and couple couple months and. Right. Talk about some progress, all right? Yeah, for sure, for sure. I definitely will look forward to that. Well, thanks so, you, thanks so much. Thank you. Good to meet you, all right? Yeah, likewise, Pete.